life was like a box of chocolates. There is no place like... You talking to me? All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Nobody puts baby in a could have been a contender. He's looking at you, kid. Here's Johnny. A very particular set of skills. Your milkshake. Go ahead. Make my day. I'll be back. I am the father. I'm Spartacus. Say hello to my little friend. Why so serious? You shall not Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Real Features Podcast. Um, this is our second part of our countdown to the top 50 villains of all time in cinema. Uh, we pick up this episode from where we left off in part one. Um, once again, joined by Paul Bonadio, Sam Lavery, and our uh, special guest, my brother, Daniel Cookson. Um, I'm, of course, your host, Paul Cookson. Um and we'll, we'll join into this episode where we're about to discuss number 30 in our countdown. Um, before we do that, just don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment on your thoughts. Uh, and we'll just sink right back up into the episode. Here we go. All right. Uh, coming back into uh, number 30, uh, we've got uh, from The Exorcist, Regan McNeil, played by Linda Blair. Um, again, talking about uh, villains and, and how creepy is this this role? I mean, amazing. I mean, the whole you know iconic head, head twist, um, being possessed by a, a demon, and the character itself is definitely very iconic as far as um, you know villains go. I think um, yeah, bring in the priest and, and trying to do what they can to try and save this, and the way that um, this innocent, sweet you know, young woman um, and the things that, you know, she's sort of doing and saying and things like this really well played really well by Linda to sort of get that from, you know, she would have been pretty young at the time and some of the stuff that she was, uh, how angry and aggressive she was and stuff like that. But definitely, again, um, thinking the character itself here, um, it's it's uh, definitely, definitely very iconic, I would say, as far as a, a villain that's for sure what do you guys think of this film i mean it was sort of a, a an older one but again probably i think it made quite an impact as far as um you know, being quite i shocking. reckon dan was about 25 or 30 when it first came out so dan what do you reckon about it <laughs> <laughs> is that a jive at my age oh, oh. megs hello <laughs> hey. uh Dan's lovely wife just uh, made an appearance so on the Zoom chat for those wondering. So. He's going to bed and it's just... We're going to the top 10, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Dan, um, seriously, what do you think? <laughs> well, this is, I mean, The Exorcist is one of my favourite films. I love it. I think it's still, it's still scary. Um, you know, and, um, you know, it was made in... Yeah, it was... Um, it's an old film, so some of those films from that era don't hold up, but this one certainly does. And yeah, this is our first, I guess it's, I'm looking at the list and I'm thinking it's your first and only child villain. So right. mm, what go. did you like about the villain? Um, I mean, it's, I think um, finding child actors is, is, is a hard one, but to play someone that's comp- a, a, a villain that's to play a child that's possessed, you have to almost re- delete all of your innocence and she totally did that like she 
yeah, there wasn't a scaric left in that screen performance. She she was possessed, and yeah, it's mm. it's chilling. I mean, I know there was a lot of a lot of special effects and stuff like they had a dummy for the for the um, that classic head head turn scene mm. and the the violent spew and stuff like that. I mean, she had a lot a, a big team working for her to get that 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 um kind of authentic, but yeah, I, I think um I don't know. It's pretty impressive. It's when she walked backwards down the steps and stuff. Oh and, yeah, oh, yeah. My gosh, that's uh, <laughs> Love, did you what do you think of this one as well? Did you uh you were fan the exercise? Random fact about that. For that spew scene actually was Sam was standing in as a uh, <laughs> <laughs> It could be me. I reckon Dom we could Barney fast forward two hours and I'll uh, recreate it. Seems <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like Barney just sitting underneath and just ready to mop it up. Ready, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be ready. Shiraz colour this time. <laughs> Not necessarily Dan. <laughs> oh, Sam's drinking a VB for those moments. Uh, uh, good fun. Cool. All right. We'll keep moving. Um, number 29, we've got... Uh, Denzel Washington and Training Day. Um, who wants to take this one? Yeah, well, I, I, nope, no one else did, so I'll talk. Yeah, no, dude, it's um, the uh, yeah Denzel in that. I mean, Academy Award winner, right? He won the Academy for Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it had Ethan Hawke's in it. Yes, which all was of very them. good. Every one of them. <laughs> the whole set. <laughs> all the Hawks. All the Hawks, which is what you want. <laughs> Dude, it's just like, I mean, Denzel is incredible in it. But as a movie, it, it was just, it was such a fun movie to watch. And I don't know if that's the right word, but I just, I loved it. And um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what else to say about it. I just thought Denzel, as the film goes on, you just see how he gets more crooked and more crooked. And he just starts running those errands and doing, uh, doing things. And I don't know. I just, mm. I just thought it was an awesome performance. And by the end of it, as you like in all Denzel performances, he's yelling, he's screaming, and um, yeah, it's very enjoyable. And at that time, I think it defined his career. And since then, he doesn't always do movies that are absolute hits, but you know that you're just going to get a certain quality of acting from Denzel. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. it's one of his best performances, no it doubt. Is. And it's, it's if you if you don't know much about the film, like you start off and it's like, oh, it's a buddy sort of cop one. He's showing the yeah. ropes or whatever, and he seems pretty standard at the start. But then he just starts to creep in. Hang on, what's he doing here? This is a little bit bad, and it just escalates and culminates in the way that. Um, and I think Ethan Hawke portrays that quite well because he's sort of like, oh, I'm just learning the ropes. I guess this is how you do it. And then there's almost that point where he's like, no, this is not right. This is getting pretty you know, messed up. And um, yeah, like, yeah, some of the scenes that Denzel just sort of toys with people in the public and stuff. And he tries to convince, like, you know, sell it that it's, he's doing it for a reason because he's, you know, he's, he's controlling the streets through this method, but clearly he's like one of the main bad dudes and he's one of the main reasons that things are the way it is in that street. And um, like you said, the, the big combination of the big ending where he's, um, you know, he's in that street that he thinks he's uh, got control of and he's yelling at everybody. And it's, uh, you yeah. know, amazing, powerful performance, that's for sure. But Have um, you noticed that Denzel yeah. also has that pout he does? <laughs> he does that in every movie? He's always like... Mm. <laughs> the nodding sort of... Uh, yeah, the nodding kind of type. pout. Yep. He does yeah. that in everything. Is it, it not about work. Denzel? Is it Ethan Hawke's best film? Mm. I think Denzel was 
but he was definitely underrated. Like he was huge in that for sure. He, yeah, it was probably and probably Ethan's best role as well. No, but I mean, like, what else has Ethan Hawke done? I mean, do you think uh, that's his best film? I guess. Oh right, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, Ethan's done some good stuff. But probably, yeah. yeah, he showed a lot in that for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Dan or Bonners, you guys have any thoughts on that film? Or um, I, I, one of the reasons why I love the movie so much because I love situational movies where it might go almost real time. It'll go over a day. It'll go over a night. Um, to me, the story feels almost a bit like a modern sort of Shakespeare type um, story in the way it's told. You know, the way he finds that those guys were going to rape him at the start. Not that it was probably rape in Shakespeare, but like. I miss that one. <laughs> it just felt like a, a, a modern sort of Shakespearean tale put into a modern setting for one reason or another. I, I love it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Cool. All right, we'll keep moving. Um, so number 28, we've got uh, Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects. Again, we talk about films where he's only in it for part of it, but uh, still pretty consistent throughout it. But... Uh, yeah, I feel like Sam again the kick to you, but I feel like Dude. I know you're a big fan of this one. Do you have any? <laughs> you don't have to. Man, it's so iconic this, this film, film. and once again, it's probably a bit scary in real life these days. But mm. in um, in this film, I mean, there's so many scenes in it that. And, and the other thing about this film was it was so low budget. It was so backyard. They were filming like bits and pieces of this in their backyards, literally to try and sell the film, which is just insane. And to see, like, I mean, everyone knows that walk that Kevin Spacey does. Kevin Spacey is an mm. incredible character actor in, in terms of getting a character and just becoming that character. And what he did in that is Kaiser of so say, oh, that's probably a big spoiler. But once again, if you haven't mm. seen the film, then, you know, what the hell you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, what, mid-90s film. Um, he, the last scene in that's incredible. He, the way his character develops throughout this, the movie is just unbelievable. I, I don't know. Like he and all things like Kevin Spacey take all his private life, everything else he does. There's so many talents in the world that do this where their talent itself is unbelievable, but what they do as a person's horrible. Mm. His talent and it's, it's showcased in this film almost as well as any time in any film he's done. Mm. And it, I think it's one of the films that actually defined his career as an actor. Really well summarized, I think. Yeah. Mm. Dan, any, any thoughts on that one? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a great film and I'm with Sam, like with regardless of all Spacey. But you were defending it. Spacey in the press. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, that is not true, but that's a good one. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Because the, the press is totally yeah. interested in what I have to say on Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, wow. I just threw you under the truck. I love it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Uh, um, Dan. No, no. Uh, okay. no sorry. Cool. No, sorry. <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, I think um, yeah, like, I don't know, Spacey is just one of those actors that can be chilling in any role. Like, I think that's the thing is, like, there's so many guys, there's so many actors, and that's probably the problem is there's a lot of guys that are in this position that just play villains really bad, really well. Um, 
and he's one of them, Kevin Spacey. I mean, mm. what he did with Kaiser Soze, what he did with Frank Underwood, um, mm. you know, the list, the list goes on, seven. Yeah. I mean, he's just, mm. he's just got something. And it probably has leaked into his private life just a little. Do you bit. think there is something there, though? Guys who constantly play villains, they obviously mm. can tap that mindset and that kind of value set. I'm not saying that every actor who plays a villain is a villain yeah. in real life, but do you think that has something to do with it? The fact he's filming videos in the voice when he was oh, you know, dude, being Frank accused. Underwood, of yeah, yes. I mean, that almost <laughs> shows that it has got to that point with him. But, um, yeah. yeah, no full on. Yeah. Right. I hope not. Anyway, because yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess Rolf Fiennes would be another one that plays bad guys really well, right? Mm. I mean, he's in this list twice, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he had well. sex with that woman on a plane, remember? That is true. That is true. Is that a crime, though, Glove? No, I, 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 I think it's a beautiful thing. Love. <laughs> <laughs> and you turn it into love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, love. Making you know love why? Because that's business. He's a celebrant. He can marry them. You know. <laughs> um, I say uh, controversy, but uh, I think it's an okay film wrapped in a great twist with an awesome cast. But looking back on the film, it's a good film, but it's not a great film. Is that because we've seen a lot of films since? Maybe, maybe because so many films maybe have copied it since, but. There's, there's, like, Gabriel Byrne, mm. unbelievable actor. Great actor. you got Kevin Spacey, mm. Benicio Del Toro. It's amazing. Yeah. Dude, even uh, Kevin ones. Pollock. Kevin Pollock yeah. in that's great. Yeah, yeah. he is. It's, um, it's, it's a good movie. I guess we're talking about the villain. And Kaiser Sosa, mm. again, spoiler alert, is amazing. But, yeah. yeah. You know, mm. I've seen that movie a couple... It's just a bit confusing for me. <laughs> I think yeah. the first time you said I think it's one of those ones definitely glove you've got to watch a few times and I kind of get that but I think it did set some precedents and set some trends for films that followed in terms of how to make a twist work because the first time I saw that that twist Jesus Christ I think anyone mm. who saw that organically and watched it and went holy shit like that's a pretty fucking good like the end scene of that is insane Mm, And for that time period too I think it's 1994 when that was released Mm, For sure Number 27 uh, is It uh, Pennywise in It um, Obviously originally played by Tim Curry But I think uh, Bill Skarsgård In the most recent (laughs) 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 Bill Skarsgård in the remakes Was uh, Amazing. Um, I've said this controversially before, but I think it's one of the, uh, the, the yeah, it, it's a great performance, I think, as a villain. I think it's, um, even though it doesn't reflect in this list, so it kind of contradicts what I'm about to say, but I think it's almost up there with like the Joker, Heath Ledger. Like he, what he does with that character is, um, I think, amazing how, how creepy he is, the voice he does, the mannerisms and um, everything. I think, um, yeah, it's such a creepy. We always know that clowns are creepy, but, you know, for Stephen King to write this character and then for us to see it go into film and done, portrayed so well in the way it is, um, and again, to be targeting the little kids that he comes and eats them and, you know, no one else can really see them. And, um, yeah, and then and then haunts them again every 23 years or whatever it is. Um, 
oh, insanely, insanely creepy. It seems like he can't be killed until, you know, the, the, a thousand pages into the book and you kind of find out, you know, kind of getting an idea of what they can do. So, yeah, amazing. It really is. Dan, I know you're a big fan of this one as well. It and, uh, well, um, especially the, the first of the two remake films, but um, what your thoughts as well on this character? Yeah, I'm, I think... I think, um, I mean, I love the Tim Curry version as well. I actually really liked um, uh, the Bill Skarsgård first one as well. Um, I, I thought the second one was good. It didn't have as as much um, Pennywise time as I would have liked. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought I, th- I mean, look. I think the thing is the character of Pennywise has been done well twice, and I think that's testament to the written character. Of Pennywise, um, mm. yes, Bill Skarsgård did a good job, and so did um, Tim Curry. But I think the character, the written character of Pennywise, is an interesting character and an interesting villain. So I, it definitely warrants being up there mm. for sure. Hmm. Oh. It was funny, Cookson. I actually watched uh, it two two nights ago. Ah. Oh, there you go. So I didn't watch mm-hmm. it before. I watched the first one. I, I really enjoyed the first. I thought the second one lagged a little. It went mm-hmm. for fucking ever. It was like three hours. And I thought, yeah, maybe not enough Pennywise time. I thought it was like, I said to Glove, I said it felt like popcorn horror. Mm-hmm. It felt like the second one. horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just was, didn't feel yeah. that scary in a lot of places. Anyway, it's not a film uh, podcast. I know this one, but. I do agree that the the character itself is is awesome, and um, I haven't mm. seen the original man. I like Tim Curry. Oh yeah, I like mm. him in Home Alone too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, scary movie. Scary two. movie. Oh. Yeah. Oh, All I the like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is Adam's it? family. Yeah. <laughs> do rug up. It's cold outside. Um, <laughs> he's great. But no, that, it's a good one, dude. In that first one, especially. Like that first scene in It, um, when the kid puts his arm in the drain, it's just like, holy shit, that caught me off guard when I, I watched the first one in the cinema. I was like, Jesus, all right. This is, uh, this yeah, is I was too. good. Yeah. I thought that, that was, was really cool. That was a good scene setter. Yeah, absolutely. I must, um, I must admit, I always, whenever I see Paul's dog, I can't help but quote the... Um, the movie. <laughs> George is an arsehole. Georgie. Is that in there? Oh, Georgie. Oh, right. sorry. <laughs> oh, Georgie. Georgie. What a nice boat. Uh, Glove. Any, back, uh, Georgie. Any, <laughs> Dan's just going to recite the film for us. <laughs> any final thoughts, Glove, before we move on? Uh, yeah, amazing character. Like, I, I, I'm sort of with Slabs a little bit. A little bit to the degree of the first movie. I don't think he was dangerous enough. I don't think he actually killed enough characters. Mm. A character's yeah. away quite easy. But, but I think that was the, the way to mess with people, though, mentally. was like, yeah, but sorry. Now, yeah, well, that's, that's, yeah. A, that's a good explanation of it, yeah. Mm. It was um, like Zoloff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, number 26. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number 26, we've got Sauron in Lord of the Rings. A bit of a funny one because it's literally an eye for half the film, but or half of the trilogy, but 
It's more, again, I think this character is not really, it's if we're literally talking about the character, the build-up and the significance of what Sauron has done in this. Like, if we're talking about villains, he is the film. Like, Sauron is pretty much Lord of the Rings. He is the ultimate evil that has manipulated um, everybody by generating these rings, um, dishing them out, false power, and the control that he has. And even the control that he has in this ring that any time they have the ring, what it does to anybody who touches the ring, um, his power is is unlike a lot. And to the point that he even turns one of the main um, wizards, all powerful wizards in all of this Middle Earth um, that we see, and he's just, yep, no, I, I agree, this, we need to follow him. Like he's, he's um, yeah, he's, he's a pretty... Pretty menacing villain, if he, I think, in that regards. I know the villain himself is literally an eye and probably, you know, doesn't really contribute much, but it's more the significance and the build up of, I think, his power. Glove, I feel like. Oh, yeah, I feel like Glove's posture in this changed. He was like back here and then suddenly he's like, <laughs> all right, go on. Yeah. It's go glove. Go We're going to skip over slabs for this uh, particular. Oh, dude, character. take my part, please. Yeah. Um, it's Cookson's right. It's not about the character himself. It's the world he creates and the um, almost villains amongst other villains that he creates. Like Saruman becomes um, a villain. All the orcs, all of that going on. Uh, oh man, it's, it's, it's one that, that could arguably be the best trilogy of all time. And the mood that even just an eye brings to the whole trilogy of it. Unbelievable. And again, it's that less is more sort of thing. Although in a few deleted scenes, there was more footage of him. Um, I've got like the 15-hour extended it off. Yeah. Quick story about that. Um, I went to go see a movie marathon and one of them was the last, the fell, uh, the, the Return of the King. And I got there and I'm like, I'm like well, what's the other two movies going to be? It was the other two Lord of the Rings. So it was like a 12-hour oh movie marathon in the cinemas. Dude, um, how many grams of pot did you bring into that? Uh, one? <laughs> <laughs> old bloody Hoover Lavery. What do you do during the breaks? There's no pissing going on in that. <laughs> the old nosebe is here. I got yeah. to keep it interesting for this shit. So. <laughs> Jesus. We won't get to Sorry, Glove. Sorry, Glove. Segway. Sorry, Glove. Was it odd, yeah? Evan and Dan, what are your thoughts on uh, on, okay. on uh, Sauron? <laughs> um, I, to be honest with you, love the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but I can't remember. Um, I can't remember Sauron other than being an eye. Wait, so, yeah, Sauron. Sauron. Yeah. yeah. I was, actually, I would have said um, Christopher Lee character would have been Sauron. Saruman. But it's more but it's more the significance like well said, I think, yeah. is of what this what this role is and the, and the impact that it has on everybody. But mm. yeah. Mm. And even I mean the short scene we actually see physical Sauron, you know, we see him with all the men and, and um you know elves there and he literally just feast like, you know, through one swing of the, the sword, people are flying everywhere, like the power that this guy possesses is uh it's uh, pretty full on. Mm. But um anyway, um on to 25 uh number 25 Dude, is that is pierce Arnold... sorry to cut you off is number 25 yeah. pierce brosnan from mrs doubtfire mm, no. <laughs> 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 
Can I interject and say, Lavery, you're looking at a five-minute omission on the bench right now with all these <laughs> You think... I know you want to get out of here. You've got a hot date to get to, Glove. Oh but I think that Pierce Brosnan from Mrs. Doubtfire, he gets a piece of fruit fr- thrown into the back of his head from Robin Williams is a <laughs> adequate uh, villain. He, yeah. He star as well. So I can't, I can't, I can't uh, argue with you on that one. Maybe he's number Smarmy, one. You know, you he's could, yeah. He might be number one. He could be actually, sorry, I've spoiled number one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number 25 Proceed. is actually Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator, um, which again, anytime oh. we talk Terminator, I feel like there's one man we need to talk to on this one. And no, there's two uh, men here. There's okay, two. sorry. <laughs> If you were going to say Glove or me, either one, there's two. Dan! No. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. You're like, no, fuck you both. Uh, Uh, All right, Sam, off you go. Me? Uh, Dude, Schwarzenegger. Oh, Jesus. But that was kind of the anti-hero because Schwarzenegger had headline films up until that time and he'd always been the hero. So when they made him the bad guy in Terminator, it was like, what? Like, what do you mean? And... Similar to what we were saying earlier, when there's something where you don't know as a human how to stop it, it's running through, getting shot, or whatever it is, um, he nailed it. And as he goes on, you see that like he just wears it as a, as a machine as the film goes on more and more. And I, I just thought, yeah, it's one of my favourite films. Not my favourite, but it's, it's very close. And Schwarzenegger yeah. nailed it. Sorry. He's only a bad guy in the first one, right? Second yeah, one. that's what we're talking about. Yep, the yeah, first yeah, one. Yeah. 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 Mm. Glove? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, minuscule budget that James Cameron had to create that, create that mood. Shit. One of the most influential movies of all time. One of the greatest characters of all time. And again, it's the less is more. He says about what a collective 18 words throughout the whole film or something like that. But his presence... Um, I, I didn't know. I didn't know he played that many good guys. I thought he was, had Conan before. Um, yeah. So that was sort of his big, big breakout role. He was, and he was, he was reluctant to do the role because it was one of the first changes, and he always saw himself as the hero and the leading man. So it took a lot. I think it's in the. He's actually his biography, his book. He he sort of talks about the struggles of sort of accepting the role, and he ends up choosing it. And yeah, good choice. Amazing. Yeah. I, watched, I actually watched mm. Kindergarten Cop the other night as well, just to segue into something else that uh, holds up well. <laughs> oh, great film. So many great Arnie films. Ridiculous. We yeah. always, Paul and I always um, think of ourselves as twins, you know. Uh, That's right. Paul, He's Danny 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 and, uh, oh, come on, let's face it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Number 24, we have... <laughs> uh, number 24, we've got Jack Nicholson in The Shining as Jack Torrance. Um, Love, I think you're a bit of a Kubrick fan. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on, on this one? This is still one of the scariest movies of all time. I, I must have watched it maybe five or six times, but, man, everything about this movie is amazing. But Jack Nicholson... There's a few documentaries about the way the mood that Kubrick builds throughout it and the way Jack Nicholson's character turns. But, man, unbelievable. Like, I don't mm. even... It's, 
Uh, and it's, it's even proven by the actress who played opposite him. I can't, I've forgotten her name, but she was mm. traumatized for life. She was never the same after that movie because of Kubrick, probably to a lesser extent, Nicholson as well. Wow. Mm. I think if you've seen, um, there's a, there's a documentary and I can't remember the documentary, but you see Nicholson mm. pumping up before one of the scenes he does. And he is just going, insane before the scene starts he's like just getting himself up and about for it and just the intensity and how he lived that character like it'd be a friggin' nightmare and, I, and that makes sense glove what you're saying about the the his opposite in that that she was never the same after because jack nixon plays crazy unbelievably well like in all his films he, he's such a good actor but in that one it just felt like it had this eeriness to it and the commitment he gave to that, I mean, dude. And the, the mm. ending, what I love, uh, the ending of that film too is just so good. I love those endings where they're just, you just kind of leave the cinema, not that I was around when that was in the cinema, but you leave after watching that movie going, Jesus Christ, like, okay. <laughs> like, that's not even a, that's not, there's no closure to it. And I love that. But great villain. Very yeah. good. Good rating. Mm. Uh, number 23, we've got, uh, Kathy Bates in Misery. Um, I think this is amazing. Uh, again, we're talk, talking Stephen King, but, um, Kathy Bates in this role is so intimidating and you just don't know how James Kahn is going to get out of this position with his broken legs. Um, brings him in just the obsessed fan, um, while, you know, trying to make him finish this book, um, and apparently, uh, you know, Stephen King said that he kind of drew a lot of this from almost himself in some regards. And, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, she, she's amazing in it. She's so, that perfect mix of being the, the crazy fan, but really intimidating in the way you just don't know what she's going to do. And, and it really is, you do fear for him. You don't know how he's going to get out of it. And, um, that's why I think Kathy Bates is sort of, almost like through this role is sort of known as being one of the best, you know, female villains, um, you know, going around like she's amazing in it. But um, Dan, I think, uh, what, what were your thoughts on this? Have you, you've seen Misery um, before, I'm pretty sure. But... Dan? Oh, sorry, you cut out a little bit. <laughs> ah. Um, so, dude, I love Drew in Waterworld. Waterworld. I mean, sorry, <laughs> What was it? Uh, Waterboy, sorry. <laughs> Adam Sandler, classic. It is, yeah. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> um, sorry, go on, Daniel. Yep. No, embarrassingly, I haven't actually seen this film. Oh, okay. Can you comment sorry, on it, though, please? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Let me say to Dan, okay. Uh, go, Dan. Uh, yeah, Paul Bondier, please. One of the most shocking scenes in any movie ever is the uh, and spoiler the leg break. If you haven't seen it. The ankle break is. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Unbelievable. I remember watching it on VHS. My dad had bought it. Jesus. Uh, Tone it. lock. Tone lock. Um, Gambler loves it. Uh, <laughs> but seeing that for the first time, amazing. Great choice as well because she's not. She's not a villain that you'd automatically think of. She hasn't got superpower. She's just fucking crazy. Yeah, um, dude. Love yeah. it. 
Yeah. And another Stephen King. There must be a, a number of Stephen. I was going to say, Absolutely. I was thinking about that the other day because it there's there's just so many, even like average films that you you just watch. Like The Secret Window is Stephen King, which is like a kind of what mid fives IMDb kind of Johnny Depp film, whatever. Mm. There's a gazillion Stephen King, King films. Do you think he is the author that has been adapted to film the most in all of time? Yeah, it had to be. Most of his books are, and to the point that some of them are getting remade with like Pet Cemetery and things like that these days. So a lot of them, absolutely. And he's, it's sort of, because he keeps producing films every, every year. I mean, even TV series like The Outsider of some of his newest, but like he's releasing books and within, within years they're making them into books or, or um, series. It's, um, yeah, I think there was even a series where they were even making it a, a um, Stephen Stephen King like universe where like there were multiple films going like things on it like it's yeah no absolutely he I could definitely he could sure. literally shoot onto a page and they'll buy it. they'll like option that for a film right I think in Family Guy they actually take that off and oh really say, do they yeah here's a pen oh, and he's like yeah. all right you know how much do you want for it sort we'll of thing. It. so it's like, you're not even he's actually in it thing, too but... did you notice that he's in uh, it part two. No, As I didn't. The shop clerk or whatever. There you go. Yeah. There you anyway. go. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. All right. Um, number twenty-one. We have uh, the Emperor in Star Wars by Ian McDermott. Dan, Star Wars fan. Yeah. Over to you. Me. No hi. Yes. I mean, um, actually, yeah. I missed one. I jumped oh. one over. Oh, Hang on. dude. I just, right, Dan, hold your thoughts. Hold your oh. thoughts on. We'll come back to you on that one. Sorry, that is my bad. Um, number 22 bad. was actually uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in Gangs of New York. Oh. Um, amazing. And it's funny because when I was sort of doing a little bit of research on what other people sort of thought of the top villains, he was not to be seen on any list, which is mental because he is insane in this film. He's not an overly tall man, but it feels like in this film, he is the size of a gigantic. I know he's got the hat and stuff like that, but he's, I mean, we know Daniel Day-Lewis is one of my top five favorite Mm. actors of all time. He's character acting. He doesn't make a whole lot of films, but the way that he just gets into a character is, you know, yeah, it just, this role is amazing. He's, he's so despicable. Um, everything you, you see the way that Daniel Day Lewis talks, he's so polite and soft spoken and for him to produce this out of himself and, and produce something that's as full on as this, it, he'd be a hard man to live with when he's making films like this, <laughs> maybe him coming home as, um, mm. as Bill Cutting, but, um, yeah, amazing. Dude, I reckon you've nailed this. And what I like about this choice by you is it wasn't in the other lists. Mm. (laughs) You chose it. You put it in there yourself. You said, you know what? This one is going up high and it should. Because, dude, I read some stuff on this. I'm a massive Daniel Day-Lewis fan. Mm. And he, in this, they were filming in the cold of wherever, Chicago or New York, wherever they were filming it. They obviously wanted to put jackets on him between takes. And he said, uh, crazy, whatever his character's name is, I can't remember it. Um, uh, Bill Cunningham. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Bill Cunningham wouldn't wear a yeah. jacket, so I'm not going to. And so he just wouldn't uh, wear yeah. jackets or anything like that. Ironically, though, he did listen to Eminem to <laughs> like pump up for scenes. So really, he did believe in MP3 technology, <laughs> but not jackets. So I'm not sure what how that worked. But dude, like 
what a what a bad guy, man. Honestly, yeah. that's a that's a good get by you. Mm. I don't know why that film wasn't more popular than what it was. It, I I feel like it's one that mm. it almost caught on after. I reckon at the time it just mm. wasn't for whatever reason it wasn't marketed right. But when you watch it now, it stands up, dude. It is a great film, Leo. It's like it's mm. huge. Yeah. so good. It's got a An ex- extension of it. I mean, it almost like, you know, you can see parts of this in the There Will Be Blood that he goes on to do, you know, not mm. long afterwards. So, like, it's similar, yeah. very different, but still, you know, reminiscent of channeling the same sort of stuff that he would have for this role. But, um, yeah. yeah, amazing. That's a great film, too. It, it really is. Yeah. Both of them. Mm. All right, uh, Dan, we'll, we'll go back to you, circle back on that one and go Star Wars uh, oh, Emperor. <laughs> We know why I get emperor. You're lucky. Um, have emperor. I said something in the past that makes me... <laughs> Off you go. Rise. Yeah. Rise. <laughs> um, yeah, he's pretty good. Shoots electricity at his fingers. It's a good start. Oh, all right, next. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last time I shoot the down. No. Cheap plan, that dude. That's funny. Uh, I guess I, I guess um, he uh, there's in some way he is propped up by the fact that we all know Darth Vader is the most interesting villain in the Star Wars films, and the fact that there's the villain's villain or the the guy above them this incredible villain kind of elevates him to another level, which is really interesting, I think, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's the guy, that literally the same actor has been playing that role for a long time now, and he, um, he does a good job. I think he does a very good job of that role. Well, for that, he deserves a spot then. He does. He does a good <laughs> job. Is he still alive? Yes, he is because he was in. Holy they shit. bought him, and this is the the like why this role is so big because um, literally the new trilogy was almost like it's almost like the way that had disjointed the most recent trilogy was that they in the second of the newest trilogy um, they had a different writer and they sort of went off a little bit and they killed what was supposed to be kind of one of the main villains and Snoke. And then it was almost like they ran out of things and just gone, well, how do we close the series off? Let's bring back Palpatine. And he came back and sort of, you know, did his thing that we, we know that he does so great. And, um, and I think that's sort of just like, it sort of shows like, how do we save, you know, or, or close off the new franchise. It's like, bring him back. And that's, what, you know, testament to him. But I think what, so menacing about this character is in the first few movies of the original Star Wars trilogy, he's not in it that much. He's a figure that's cloaked that makes peers every now and then and delivers these creepy lines. It's sort of, again, we talk about the build of a character, but it's really not until the third, like the sixth, you know, the final of the trilogy that we really see the emperor um, a lot more and, and the influence that he's had. And when you obviously understand what he's done to what was the chosen one and he's brainwashed him. He's had everybody fooled in um, playing both sides that he was this big evil. I mean, um, yeah, it's an incredible character. So if we're talking about villains, he in one of the best series of all time and he's one of the most manipulative, you know, he was one of the most manipulative the way that he sort of had pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and this and 
Um, yeah, amazing. And, um, and you know, of all the Jedi, he's got to be considered probably one of the most powerful as well in, in both the, you know, his power, but also his um, intellect as well. So, yeah, amazing. Cool. Good um, summation. Thank mm. you. Uh, number 20. And he also uh, has electricity shoots at his fingers. So. Good call. <laughs> Thank you for that, Dad. <laughs> yeah, we've got your electricity <laughs> joke at the start, okay? You don't need mm. to bring it back. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Number 20, we have Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Um, happy to kick this one off. And, and um, I think maybe Gloves, I don't know if you've seen this, maybe we'll kick to you afterwards. But uh, Glenn Close, um, yeah, look, I think she is creepy at this. Again, we're sort of, I think it's, I think it's a 90s film. Um, Michael Douglas, who I love um, in these sort of 90s films. But um, it's sort of that, you know, the adultery, he goes off and has this affair with her and she seems quite nice and innocent, but then becomes obsessive and um, her crazy eyes and crazy mannerisms and how full on she becomes and microwaves, I think it's the dog or something like that. And just, um, it's creepy, just turning up everywhere. And um, oh my gosh, like as far as a, a villain, she's so menacing and so wise. And Glenn Close was amazing in that film. She really was um, so creepy. But, um, yeah, no, very, very big fan of, of, of this film. Love, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, I've only seen it maybe once or twice, but was, she's the bunny boiler, isn't she? That's how, Yes, that's, that's the one. Sorry, not the microwave. Yeah. Bunny boiler, that's the one. That's all right, uh, Prada. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she taps into an aspect that we've all had in the past, like, like a crazy ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever boyfriend at the start, I'm not sure. But someone that's, you know, you don't quite know what they're going to do. You send them a message, they could send that message to someone else in these modern days, but it taps into something that is within all of us and something that we've all experienced to the 15th, 20th degree. So I think mm. it's like a nightmare come true in a way. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Uh, number 19, we have Dracula, um, originally played by Bela Lugosi. Lugosi. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, and, uh, and then, of course, played by Gary Oldman. There's been many, many, many other versions of it, but I would say they're probably Fifth the two most famous. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dan, I know you're a very big, big fan of Dracula, so I feel like mm. uh, you should have a go at this one. Of yeah. the impression of him. Yeah. Maybe hopefully a bit more than uh, <laughs> electric coming out of the hand. <laughs> I drink your butt. <laughs> <laughs> you said an impression, so... Yeah. No, I, I mean, I would have put... To be honest, I, would have, I know you gave me full opportunity to change the list, but I would have put him um, right up the top. I mean, I think um, if we talk about character versus... Um, actors that play the character, I think this character wins the hands down and almost entirely. He's um, like he's, I mean, obviously, Bella Lugosi, Christopher Lee, Gary Oldman. Mm. Um, it was one of the first films ever made in Nosferatu back in 1920s, 30s, or something like that. So it's been around a long time. Lots of people have played, this never seems to get. Um, yeah, and I, I, to be honest, um, Francis Ford Coppola's version of it is one of my favourite films of all time. I think it's, I think it's awesome. 
Absolutely mm. awesome. That's really interesting because it was quite maligned back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, true that. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, Adam Sandler played Dracula <laughs> in Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> really? So, all the greats have. All the greats. Probably one of the best versions of him, I'd imagine. But, yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> so, or Dracula on Daniel loving Fitton. it with, um, was it, um, uh, from Naked Gun, what's his name? Yeah, but yeah, um, Leslie Nielsen, Leslie Nielsen, one of the greats. You guys, one of my favorites, but um, Dude, he's awesome. <laughs> there was also the black exploitation version, Blackula, if you recall. Oh, it's a bit racist, yeah. Dan, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, and I think, yeah, no. um, I think, am I right in saying that David Bowie played? Dracula as well? Did he? Dude, really? I, I just looked up a site. Literally everyone has played Dracula. Yeah. Well, it says Dracula, Morgan Freeman cool. played him. Wow. <laughs> you would have voiced him at least. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, yeah all voiced. Correct. Yeah. Correct. All voiced. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, we, I know vampires are pretty uh, popular, but, you know, Dracula is just like the super vampire because, like, I mean, he's so hard to kill. He influences people. He can just turn into you know, that and just do whatever he wants. It's, um, yes, it's a. Uh, Why was it higher than Christian? Mm. Good question. That's because number 18, unless anyone else has any more thoughts on that one, uh, no. number 18 is. Uh, Alien in Aliens. Oh. Um, again, another one that could have been hired, but I think uh, it's a pretty strong list from here. So um, we're talking about... No, Glove, do you want to... I think you're an Aliens fan. I feel like you, yeah. you could probably uh, be... Yeah, go Glove. Yeah. Even the shitty sequels I didn't mind so much. Three was shit. Four was shit, but I'll still watch them, you know, if they're on TV. Um, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Um, HR Geiger, I think, uh, the original guy that, that sculpted them and modeled them and obviously had some sort of penile and vagina type uh, creatures throughout. <laughs> really did. Yeah. All that. Wow. Um, Again, the less is more for the first one. Then James Cameron went nuts and had a shit oh. in one of the greatest sequels ever made. Unbelievable. Yeah, um, dude. Yeah. I will say one thing if aliens in here, Predator could also be in here as well. Good call. Good call. Very good call. Good call. call. Now the Wicked Witch of the West is as it says. Dude, that is, honestly, the Wicked Witch of the West. If I, dude, all right, I've known you, Cookson, for, like, what, 25 years? You have never, we have literally, we've talked about everything under the sun. You've never mentioned the Wicked Witch of the West or... Anything to do with All right, I'm swapping them out. I'm swapping them out. <laughs> Swap out Predator for that. Jesus. Uh, dear. But Dude, yes. So, Lance Hendrickson in the second one, though, Aliens. Oh. You know who that is? Bishop. Is that... Uh, oh, Fishman. Fishman? No, Bishop. I was going to say. Yeah, Bishop. Right. Yeah, I don't okay. know where I was going with that. But anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Bishop. There's the... Uh, yeah, the... He was also um, in... Robot. What was that TV show? Uh, like, at yes, the same yes. time, like, around near the X-Files uh, time slot. It was like... Uh, oh, Bondi will know this. Millennium. Dude, Lan- Mil- oh, Millennium? Yeah. Um, it was Millennium, the show that... Lance- oh, Lance Hendrickson was in. Yeah. Yeah, dude, awesome. Oh, was it... Mil- yeah, it was Millennium. It was, kind of, it was a weird show. That, that was after X-Files, though, right? 
Wednesday I'm, night, eight thirty X Files, okay. Millennium, think, come on. I think X Files might have been nine thirty just to oh. get that little extra. Oh. But Millennium was definitely anyway. What is the fuck? I'm <laughs> <laughs> But, dude, great. Yeah, Aliens. But I agree with Glove in that it's a great choice, but also Predator mm. should get in the top 50. Yeah. Good point. Um, but, yes, uh, <laughs> the, uh, Alien, very creepy. I mean, obviously, another one is one's very hard to kill. His blood is literally acid. Oh, my gosh. And the, to dude. concoct this sort of monster where his tongue comes out and there's all these other versions, you know, you know the, oh, my gosh, like, the, the mind the to dream of this. <laughs> oh boy, he's uh, not saying anything. Uh, Number 17, uh, we have the monster in Frankenstein. Dan, I'm shooting straight to you on this one. I think you're quite a fan of the classic, classic monsters and Frankenstein. Mm. Frankenstein's a monster, especially probably best portrayed by Robert, De- no, not Robert De Niro. No. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Karloff, probably. Uh, yeah, the classic original. <laughs> uh, Sam's doing the uh, Robert De Niro face. For those not being it, yeah. <laughs> that is really uh, good. <laughs> all right, Dan, over to you. What are uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think Dracula... Oh, sorry. I, I reckon... <laughs> I reckon I would swap this one with, with Dracula for sure because the reality is in some way Frankenstein's monster is not a bad guy. He's just, okay. he's just misunderstood, you know. Mm. Um, you'd say Frankenstein, the maker, was, was perhaps more morally corrupt but mm. the story, the monster is, that it is, is sort of just trying to get along and, um, yeah, and Boris Karloff does an excellent job. Yeah. yeah. Who do you relate to more, Frankenstein or the creator? Relate to. Um, I don't know how to answer that one. I'll I'll say, I'll say the monster because I'm, I'm very misunderstood. Okay. Good call. All right. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. No, go Probably one of the comments of the podcast so far. Oh, here we go. That uh, another one of the most shocking scenes in movies is when Frankenstein's monster is just trying to play with that little girl. He doesn't oh, know what to do. Yes. Ends up throwing her into the lake. That's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So he he's not wrong. He's not, he's not bad or good. He's just, mm. he, he's, he, yeah. It's, he's, it's, there's a lot of powerful messaging, isn't it? It's sort of like Dan, sort of, I guess, originally saying, like, it's almost that whole, yeah, if someone's a bit different and, you know, not in the current culture, how, mm. how mean and all that sort of stuff people can be unaccepting if people don't fit the norm. And I guess, especially when the character was created, that would have been such a big thing that was so unspoken back then and mm. um, very ahead of its time. So, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of like um, of mice of men and, hmm, yeah, and the elephant absolutely. man as well. Like just that character that's misunderstood but thrown into, you know, a world mm. that they don't necessarily want to be in. But yeah, it's um, so yeah. I'd say he doesn't even he shouldn't even be on the list. Oh Ooh, shit! Controversial. Not Who a, do we replace him with then, Dan? All right, chuck Predator. it. Predator. <laughs> <laughs> All the wicked right, witch of the east. All the penguin, dude. Dan would have been all over the penguin. 
earlier, sorry, Cookson, and this is going to eat up some time, but Cookson <laughs> listed Catwoman Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer as a, um, as a, as a, which is a great villain, but Danny DeVito's Penguin is not on this list. No, I mean, massive oversight, right? Massive. Dude, I massive. Oh, I'd like to see all your top 50 lists and we can pick that apart Dude, I don't well, do lists. That's not what this podcast is. So. Yeah. I'm not a list guy. You pay me good money and like, <laughs> to come onto this thing. All right, can we turn his mic off? Can we... <laughs> uh, number 16, we've got uh, Michael Myers in Halloween. Oh, Dan, I feel like you oh, can take boy. this one again. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to jump ahead, but I do find it interesting that the one that's fifteen as well, and almost discussing which one mm. is the chocolates out of fifteen and sixteen, only because, in some way, Michael Myers set the precedent for the guy who pipped him for fifteen mm. on the that's list. That's my prefer. I, I quite like fifteen. We'll get to that. But this is this one's is about the 16, guy so, in yeah. fifteen. Marv from Home Alone one. <laughs> Uh, his name's Daniel Spot Stern, on. the actor. Spot on. Absolutely. You've come with some good... Uh, Dude, I've here. got a page think, uh... of about 90 of them written for this. <laughs> from All right, Dad, bring this one home. Go ahead. Uh, and I look, amazing film number one was amazing. I think I saw number two and was um, less impressed. But yeah, I mean, this this film set the tone for 80s slasher, right? Like... I mean, it didn't. Uh, horror was never the same after after Halloween, and um, yeah. So I, I guess it's an interesting one because um, yeah, it, it it changed the it changed horror film culture in some way. So yeah, we don't have Scream if we don't have Halloween, and um, yeah, well, yeah, so many other films as well. Anyone else? No, I think oh. that's a great summation. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Thanks, Sam. Cool. Uh, number fifteen, which we were referencing before, but it's Jason Voorhees oh. in Friday the Thirteenth. Um, I'm a big fan of Friday the Thirteenth. I know there's been a lot of versions. There's been some shit versions, like Jason in Space, uh, Jason X, classic, but. Classic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's it's interesting because obviously in the first film he's he's not really in it. It's smaller mum, and then he kind of makes mm. an appearance at the end as a little boy. Then the second one he's got it like a hessian sack over his face, and then in the third one is actually the first uh, the first uh, uh, version of um, <laughs> Sam's trying. <laughs> it's like he's doing a poll while I'm talking. Does he do a VB or does he do a was a mountain goat? Mountain goat. Go Mountain Goat. All right. Put the VB away. <laughs> uh, and then the third. <laughs> uh, good segue. Um, we finally see the hockey or the hockey mask. It's so iconic. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's just like, you know, again, like a lot of those sort of characters, um, especially the three big ones, Halloween, uh, like Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and uh, Freddy Krueger, but you know, almost unkillable. But he's very intimidating with his machete. Such a big unit as well, and um, and especially whenever you see behind the head, the creepy kind of like what's messed up. You just you know the fear of what is actually behind that mask and how 
how grotesque he must look as, as well kind of builds to the character, which I guess is similar to the Michael Myers, but um, yeah, big fan of uh, Friday the 13th. Mm. Cool. Uh, on to 14. Uh, we've got Hans Gruber in Die Hard by Alan Rickman. Um, love, I feel like you could probably do this one some, a little bit of justice. Probably, probably can't, to be honest. I've probably can't? A, okay. Found the, I've seen the Die Hard, obviously. I think he, he's, a, he's great, Alan Rickman. Chews up the scenery, as they'd say in the classics, Cookson, but frankly... <laughs> Compared to some of the other villains on this list, I don't mean to shit on your list, but <laughs> yes. right. I'll, I'm happy to give this one Dude, a quick, quick rundown. Love then. it. I think, love I think, just, uh, just to give Alan some. So Alan Rickman, I think in this role is like he almost went into this before because Bruce Willis wasn't huge in this point, and Alan was almost like he almost stole the show. I mean, Bruce certainly like lifted off this, and he was big, but. Like, if we're talking villains, he is the classic villain as far as the truest sense of the word, as far as, like, you know, your evil guy. We've seen so many versions of these types of films, your action sort of thing with the villain, but Alan Rickman, the way that, you know, how menacing he is, the way that his charisma in this film, I think, is, um, yeah, it's something that's very special. And um, he's, he is well regarded in this film as being one of the best, uh, you know, villains and, and that sort of classic, um, you know, stereotypical type of films where you kind of got your good guy and bad guy in an action film, um, which is so many. There's, they've done a dozen, but he's, he's uh, I think, this is one of the best versions of that. But I'd have to kind of it. agree with Glove on this one that <laughs> that is kind of high for, for him. I agree that he's a good bad guy, but I think some of the guys we've listed or people or villains or whatever the hell you want to call them before this would probably trump him. Mm. In my opinion, whatever the hell that means. Mm. All I'll say is I did send this list out to all of you yeah. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but that's a good feedback. thing. We don't have hey, to agree on it. Because, the... <laughs> but dude, hey, it was exactly. this weird, like slimy thing where we all just like, yes, yes, yes. And we just <laughs> flew through it. I think that would be weird. I think it's good that we it's didn't. True. That's why no, I didn't I, want I, to bite back and go, hey, I think this, because I think this is good yeah. that we can discuss it. I agree. Good point. Mm-hmm. Discussion. Excellent. All right. Great content. Great content. <laughs> exactly. It's true. Number 13. Look, I'm not... Look, uh, I don't know how much some of us are going to be able to give on this one. Uh, it's Lord Voldemort, Voldemort in Harry Potter, of course, played by Robert Fiennes. I know not all of us on the call are huge Harry Potter fans, including myself. I know it's a huge one. I like Harry Potter. I'm not obsessed with it like a lot of people are. But again, the thing having like watched through all the Harry Potter series. The one thing that certainly kept me going on a lot of these was certainly Ralph Fiennes in this. And I think we talk about how good he is as a villain on this and, and he, he really brings a lot again to this. Um, you know, he's in, in what is almost like a kid's film and a lot of it, you know, the, these, uh, and, and almost, it sort of almost appeals to kids and, and women. They all seem to love Harry Potter, but, uh, um, but, yeah, Ralph Fiennes is is very, uh, you know, he's, he's scary, very, dude. Univer- I is. think Ralph Fiennes. The thing is, Ralph Fiennes. No matter what film you insert him into, he brings a professionalism, but like a scariness and an edge to it. Like because in that he is still scary, and I'm not a Harry Potter fan either. And my wife loves him. I've watched bits and pieces of them, and 
I think that you're right. He he is he is scared. when he comes on screen. He's he's charismatic. The same charisma though that you would say he then you've seen in Red Dragon and films like that. Mm, and so mm. what I love about him is that he brings that same intensity from whatever, like some R-rated film to a kid's film. It doesn't matter, but he's bringing that intensity to it. And that's what makes him a, a phenomenal actor. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I would agree. Haven't, haven't seen what, What's the but... wizard's <laughs> name in Harry Potter? Oh, well, they're all wizards, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the, I can I, I can do an impression. I, this is such a weird or, thing that or, I don't even... Oh, Dumbledore. It's like, Dumbledore. Hey! <laughs> Run! <laughs> That's all I got. We can move on now. Uh, number 12, we've got Gollum <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, of course, played by Andy Serkis. Um, yeah, I mean, we're sort of talking about you know, the villain of um, uh, Saruman earlier, but, um, uh, sorry, Sauron, um, but uh, definitely Gollum, I think. Um, such a, like, the, the voice he captures so well, and we're talking, you know, CGI, where you've got the person doing doing this role, and he he was almost set the standard, I think, for CGI, the way that he carried, you know, he captured this character, he, like, the way that he moved around and so embraced just like no shame, just sort of crawling around at his feet and sort of doing that was incredible. But the character itself, I mean, it's so original as well. Um, this transformed character that's like speaks in rhymes and pretty much has almost like split personality disorder as well. Um, yeah, amazing. So so iconic and such a and, and anytime you have a got scene scene of Gollum in, in you know Lord of the Rings, which is one of the best, you know, trilogies of all time. Um, he, you look forward to seeing Gollum because you don't know what, you know, it's, it's interesting to see what he brings to it. It's, um, it's great. I think it brings a lot. It's so cool. Like on those, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it and seen him work, but you see in the behind the scenes, how they film those scenes and how he moves. Like he's just wearing those suits covered in all the senses and everything. And you see just the amount of work that goes into how, that character moves and lives and breathes. Like it's very impressive. It's, it's Jesus Christ. Like he's a, he's a true artist and that's why he's done that role. Not only with Gollum, but a number of other in, in other roles. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. And one thing about Gollum, and even though I've seen those films hundreds, tens of twenties times, I always get to the point where I don't know if Gollum, which way he's going to go. The duopoly duopoly whatever the word is of the character you still don't know which way he's going to fly even halfway through the second third film you think he could still go down a different path obviously the film ends the same way but it always surprised me and the best thing about the new series which was pretty shit the hobbit was his cgi and that looked amazing that was the best thing about those the hobbit do you still rock the hobbits do you watch them nah this shit I reckon they're a little bit underrated. I don't mind them. I think they're all right. Like, I think it was just Lord of the Rings was so grand and so big. And I, I think, look, juicing it into three films was probably a bit much. It was a bit of a money grab. They stretched but, um, it. Because yeah, when you look yeah. at the books, like, uh, like the books are... Yeah. You can read his digest, mm. dude. It's like 100 <laughs> pages, man. It's fuck all. And introducing, like, they, you know, tried to bring in Lando uh, Bloom's character and Lando did a whole Bloom's bunch of it. Yeah, just to try and sell it a bit more. But, yeah, I don't know. Mm. 
Unless you had any thoughts, we'll keep moving on, go on. I know you're a big lot of things, yep. Uh, so number 11 uh, is um, yep, uh, Freddy Krueger uh, in A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm a massive, again, I, I love these sort of classic uh, horror films and, and it is an absolute testament, I think, to, to uh, Robert Edmund. Like, I mean, I think it, there was a remake of it and they had another, I forget his name, it was the guy who's... Um, forget his name now but he was in the watchman and he played um um yeah it was in that but um he just didn't like he's just so iconic in that role just creepy as the idea especially as a as a young young kid when um not not only in elstree came out i remember a friend even just telling me about it like the concept that some guy is if you hear the name he will visit you in your sleep so there's no yeah and he will and he can kill you in that like it is so creepy such a, a an idea and then how full on his character is he's rude he's like and, and even his look you know this burnt face no ears he's wearing a weird you know jumper and and his backstory that he used to get you know grab kids and steal them and you know do like yeah insane. it's like living like, in Coburg it's horrible <laughs> Yeah, amazing, amazing character, and then of course the glove with the the um, glove uh, with, with uh, you know um, little pointy um, fingernails. You know, insane, so creepy. But are um, you pointing that to the glove, the pointy fingernails? Is that a bit? <laughs> dude, you do drag, don't you? <laughs> I've been caught at the peel a few times. Sure. <laughs> Any thoughts on this one, guys? Great villain. One of the um, again, I'm looking at scenes, but that one where his arms are like yeah, yeah, like, down the middle of the street, crazy. And Johnny Depp's death against yeah, dude, early Johnny Depp getting early. eaten by a bed. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, mm. a lot of Johnny true. Depp in that movie too. That was his first role. You know how he got discovered? Also, Nicolas Cage got him a. Gave him his agent. Crazy. There you go. Thank you. I just reminds me a little off topic, but Sam, you sent me a, a video, I think midweek, of Nick Cage doing an interview, and oh. it was one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen. He, you can, you can probably run it through and see what happened. Dude, it was amazing. You look it up. Just go Nicola, like YouTube Nicholas Cage crazy interview. It's in the. I think it must, <laughs> I don't know what film it's after, but it's 1990 or whatever. He comes onto this English talk show. He does a somersault and then just starts doing karate kicks <laughs> and before he even talks. And then, and then he starts throwing money into the crowd. Then, oh, yeah, that's it. Notes. And then he's throwing money into the audience. He is Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise on Oprah. <laughs> By insane. So amazing, Metal. dude. Like, yeah, like a Gary, Gary Beauty Styles. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's out of his mind. It's the best. And it's before he's massive. So look that up. <laughs> I'm totally checking that out. Oh, amazing. All right, well, that's, we're now down in the top 10. We might take a really short break and then come back to the top 10 um, and, and close this one home because we've got some very, very big names, as you would expect, in the top 10. Um, it's very exciting. So, uh, yep, we'll be back in one second. All right, I'm just going to jump in here. Um, I know I said we would be back in one second, um, but we thought we would actually split this into a three-part series. Everyone loves a good trilogy. So 
what we're going to do before we get into the top 10, um, we're going to leave that to next the next episode. Um, I hope you're enjoying it so far. Um, the top 10 we will be releasing very soon. And uh, again, a few controversial picks in the top 10. Um, but uh, yes, it is definitely getting to the pointy end right up to the number one. So um, stay tuned. Um, look out for part three coming very soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers.